to the greatest program on the internet. It's like some cool rap song plays now, but it's not. It's our theme song. <laughs> it's already played, unfortunately. Yeah, it's probably faded out already. We should get a cooler theme song. For the emails? For yeah. Email. We, we could do that. We should get a cooler theme song. Yeah. Um, we already have a really cool one for our regular show by Vidizen called yeah. Space Race. Yeah, Outer Space Race. Vidizen Outer Space Race. Super dope. Uh, don't give us free music, Vitizen. <laughs> no, <laughs> you yeah. already did enough. Yeah, I don't want to ask Vitizen again. Not that I don't love what he does. I love, but... I love Vitizen, but I don't want to take content from him anymore. Um, yeah. M Class Email is a program where I, Jeff, and me, Josh, read. I almost your... said Jeff. Yeah, me, Jeff too. <laughs> Jeff also. <laughs> Uh, we read your email, we react to it, either positively or negatively, and then I guess you uh, reassess the rest of your life if you fuck it up. <laughs> it's very high stakes. The thing is, a lot of people do think it's very high stakes, but this doesn't matter. This is a fun no, program. No, this is fun. Like, this is just fun. Like, I don't, I'm not sitting there, like, thinking about emails, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I This don't email care. sucks. Unbelievable. Can you believe he asked that? Like, I don't, it's fine. <laughs> And in that spirit of bad emails, our first email is from Boston Sean, and, <laughs> <Nice>. it's, <laughs> and it's entitled A Merry TOS Episode. Ooh. Uh, this will be coming out probably the first of the year, I think, so... Yeah, this is New Year's if you don't have patron, if you're not a patron. It's well, on Christmas if you do. No, not this time. Remember, I'm giving them the Christmas special special. Oh, right. That's right. You get a special Christmas gift. Yeah, the the Christmas specials, Christmas special episode Christmas of special. Jeff and Josh shoot the shit. Yeah, so this is New Year's Day, which is yes. the worst day of the year, by the way. Yeah, if you're going outside into the world, it's just the worst. <laughs> you're probably hungover if you're we're out partying, right? Uh, also, it means the darkness of the wintertime is like fully encapsulated our lives. It's true. It was dark at four the other day. I, was I like, drove what home the yesterday. Fuck? I drove home yesterday from seeing Star Wars, and it was four thirty, and it was dark, and I was like, "This sucks." I was I talk, like the other day. I talked to my wife Crystal about the absurdity of the fact that every year we're shocked by this. It's happened it's every it's, year we've been alive. It's just unnatural because of daylight savings. Like that's the problem. Yeah, like I feel like it's we're we all react that way because it's not supposed to be that way. Like five thirty is such a big difference from 4.30. And without daylight yeah. savings, it would be dark at 5.30. Like, uh, but every year I've been cognizant. Let's say, like, ever since I was three. So for 30 years, it's gotten <laughs> dark around 4.30 or 5 yeah. in the winter. And every, and every year, year I'm like, this is so fucking weird! It's because it is, though. Because it is weird. Uh, it's not normal. I don't like, I don't like it. I don't, I don't agree like with it. Either. it. <laughs> it shouldn't be that. 5.30 is, is still early, but it's an hour later, so it's like five thirty. People are getting off of work. Four thirty, you're still like at work, yeah, dude, and it's fucking dark. That's when like the seasonal depression really hits people. Like, yeah, I've never had seasonal depression in my life. I have. It's horrible. And when I worked at uh, the wire production company in their marketing department, I would get to work and it'd be pitch black, and I would yeah. leave work and it would be pitch black. I never saw the sun, and I got fucking depressed about yeah, it. Yeah, you're like a fucking mole man, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, fucking dwarves in the mountain caves have, like, slits in the rock they can see the sun through. <laughs> like, 
I got nothing. There was no window near where I sat either. Some so. prisoners have windows. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Boston Sean says in his dumb email, uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Trek boys. Christmas was a while ago, Dumbo. Um, yeah, it's not Christmas today. Was, you didn't know we were going to do this, did you? <laughs> he was, like, slightly mean to me in his last email, so I'm being a full-on asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to do a Christmas-themed email, but then I realized you already gave me the gift of a TOS episode, so I'll give nice. you the gift of another installment of Minneapolis Moms yes! Talking Track. Yes! Okay, I love this email now. <laughs> yeah. These are all numbered, so number one. These are all yeah. things she said. During the episode, yeah, number obsession. one, they're gonna steal the bong rock. <laughs> number like two, bong- Kirk's complaining about a smell. That's just weed, Captain. <laughs> I didn't know your mom got wet. <laughs> <laughs> your mom doing fucking wet over there? Damn. Um, three. Why don't these red shirts ever run away? There it is. There's the red shirts. She, she had to do the red shirts joke. It had yeah. to happen. It's like yeah, yeah. Mom, Art Wallace. I went to high school with him. <laughs> it's a different Art Wallace, Mom. Mom, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know? Me, because you always talk about how you were a child when this show was on. Her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Minneapolis Mom is not good at Minneapolis math. Five. This guy's first day on the job and Kirk tells him to assemble a team? He just got there. Who does he even know? (laughs) (laughs) I like that it's like all about networking on the Enterprise. It's not like who's in security with you. It's who do you know? It's uh, mom. How many people are on the Enterprise? Me. Uh, I think like 400. Mom. That's a lot of patience for one doctor. No wonder he's a lush. (laughs) Good point. He has to drink himself to sleep every night. (laughs) But they're not going every day, right? Uh, Seven. Mr. Scott is, like, suspiciously interested in going to the rendezvous on time. He's probably got a fling waiting there. Yeah, he's going to get drunk with some, like, sexy alien. Eight. Was Spock just waiting outside Captain Kirk's door the whole time? (laughs) I thought that one, too. (laughs) For the dramatic reveal. How did he know? How do you know when to come in? He was just waiting for the door to open so he could dramatically walk in. (laughs) Nine. We're not trying to gang up on you, Jim, says the guy who just called for Vulcan backup. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Ten. Ventilation bypass? Good thing every room has that option. (laughs) Eleven. Spock puts his hands over the grate to stop the cloud. Very logical. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 12. Phasers ineffective. Torpedoes, nothing. Time to bring out the big guns. Scotty, prepare my bowling ball. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I love your mom. Uh, My mom then went off on a weird tangent about how they don't use doorknobs in the future because of the sliding doors, but she seemed almost mad about it. I think I'll get her some doorknobs for Christmas, maybe. She seems to like them. That sounds like a... Like a boomer, a boomer complaint. Where are the doorknobs? What happened to the doorknobs? What? Too good for doorknobs? Doorknobs ain't broke. Don't fix them. It's so simple. Why aren't you using them? Yeah. You know, yeah. his mom does have a point because they slam their faces into those doors almost every episode. <laughs> 
Yeah, they just gotta get better sensors. I mean, we have them now, and they're pretty good. They don't have. They still don't have sensors on uh, Star Trek things. They have a guy on one side of the door and a guy yeah. on the other side. Of the no, door but I mean, like we and we in real life have sliding doors now. Yeah, and it they seems work like they could just fine. do that. But yeah, I mean, how much would that cost? I guess they gotta move them. It's probably heavy and shit. Yeah, they probably are really heavy to make. Yeah, it's, it's like just not worth it, right? You can't really make them look... Well, you can make them look super futuristic, because they have them in, like, people's houses where they're just glass. Oh, yeah. They have ones that, like, turn, like, real smooth yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, happy Holidays, signed Boston Sean. Thanks, Boston Sean. Your mom rules. I love Minneapolis mom. Minneapolis mom. <laughs> Our uh, next email is uh, from Axe Wizard. Oh, wow. Okay. My the lawyers will be contacting you. <laughs> And he begins by saying, Hey, boys. Hi. The Discord urged me to submit a pitch em or ditch em to you. But this mm-hmm. is more of a recurring antagonist concept than a single episode. All right. Okay. I hear you. A Klingon. Let's call him Barry for now. That's a very Klingon name. A Klingon who had gone on some kind of student exchange program to Vulcan and learned the teachings of Surak. Mm-hmm. Barry has returned to the Empire and developed a new code based on the best parts of Vulcan and Klingon philosophy, logic and the art of war, self-control and combat mastery, compassion and honor, a chivalric or Bushido-style code, basically. Like like a Dogen, like Zen. He's a Dogen, a Klingon Dogen. He's, He's like a Bushido blade, like that game. Like that game, Bushido Blade, yeah. Uh, he might fit well into either TNG or Deep Space Nine. Perhaps he's conquered a Federation colony and the crew go to investigate. When they arrive, they find the people happy and working industriously. It turns out Barry improved their lot and is spreading his teachings and everyone is living better lives because of it. Okay. As they Sounds argue, like a cult. Sounds like this does. is a cult. It does sound like a cult. Uh, <laughs> as they argue with him, he comes across as a cool, serene, and self-confident character like cult. Bruce Lee or a meditating what is best in life Conan. Mm-hmm. Every argument Starfleet has, he comes back with some inarguable quote of Surak or Kalis. Quote, uh, cult. <laughs> he could return in further episodes, sometimes as an ally, sometimes as an antagonist, as he pisses off some regime or another, but not yeah. so much as his own people. Uh, the ruling Klingon elite find his teachings a threat to their status quo. Yeah, I think if you want him to be a villain, this works. And I, I mean, I, I like this idea. I would pitch this. I think you could also have him be a character like in a in maybe like Picard or something where Klingons now maybe not have him take over a planet and be a cult leader, but now Klingons are just sort of embracing more Federation because eventually the Klingons join the Federation. Yeah. I, f- I feel like when you set out to make this character, maybe like the fact that it came off as a cult kind of like missed you, like you didn't notice. Yeah, and like the character is this idea that like maybe a different way is better than the Federation way. Like maybe right. this way seems harsh on the outside, but it's like helping people. Right. And I have two things for that. One, it's for sure a cult. <laughs> and yeah. uh, two, so much of Star Trek is about how humans hate to be ruled and controlled. They yeah. can't stand it. It's like the one thing that every human being agrees on. So I don't know how that would work into the narrative. Yeah, I guess, like, he he wants him to be a villain. He said reoccurring villain, I guess. Like, it would work if he's a villain. And he would be kind of an interesting one. He would be an interesting villain. I would love to see how 
Sirach's teachings and the like followers of Kalis teaching could be integrated. Yeah, merged together. Yeah, it would be neat. I I kind of think of he shouldn't be a villain, and I think he should just be more of like a like a character reoccurring character, like a diplomat or something. And he, you know, he's like there as like a liaison to the Klingons, which are now becoming more. Like they're calming down again, right? They're not. They're they're not trying to be like super Klingony. I tell you what could work is instead of having him be like a conqueror, since that seems like even if you do merge like Sirach and like Klingon philosophies together, that that's gonna like be against everything Sirach stands for. Yeah. Instead of having him be a conqueror, have him start his own coalition. Right. right? If you're unhappy with living in the Empire, if you're unhappy living in the Federation, if you're unhappy anywhere in space, right. you can come here to my, like, to this planet that I've, like, inhabited and, like, I'm creating a society in. Like a cult. And, like a cult, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and the Federation, the Empire, like, everybody is super suspicious of this. Especially the Empire. They're like, fuck this, yeah, right? They're, they're all, like, super suspicious. Like, this guy has to be, like, coercing these people. He has to yeah. be doing something horrible. And it turns out that he's not. He's right. literally just bringing people together who are unhappy with the status quo and don't right. want to be involved in the wars and everything. Right. And the question becomes, like, does Starfleet have a right... To interfere to with interfere that. To interfere with yeah. this. And do, should they protect this new society from the Empire, their own right. allies? Or themselves. Like, there's, you could have a character like an admiral who's like, we gotta get rid of these idiots. They're a yeah. cult. I feel like it would be even more interesting, though, if, like, the Federation is sympathetic and the Empire isn't. And they're yeah. our allies. Right, if so we have we, to, like, navigate that. Yeah, like, yeah. if we aid this new society, we will be alienating our allies who we just fucking, like, went to a little bit of a war with not long right, ago. Right, right. Yeah. Like, this is a tenuous diplomatic situation with a very, like, charismatic character at the center right. of it. Like, What's a, the right thing to do here? Like a cult yeah. leader. <laughs> like like a fucking cult, yeah. Like I cre- we've created an episode for your idea. It's still your idea. It's still yeah. The character you came up with the character, and, and then we wrote the episode around yeah. it. And I really like the character. Like I yeah, I, I agree with awesome. Josh that he could be a Picard character, and that'd be really interesting. Yeah. But if you for sure want to keep him as like a villain, quote unquote, or an antagonist, let's put it that way. Right. He if might not be keep, a villain. If you want to keep him as a recurring antagonist, that would be a great continuing storyline. That would be better than, say, the Maquis storyline. Yeah, it would be a, an interesting way to frame the Maquis, which they didn't do that. <laughs> Especially, like, the Maquis never had a face. Like, it, yeah, it was kind of Eddington. The face, they would just yeah. suck. It was kind of Eddington, but it wasn't really. Yeah. They're kind of like a. Like, there's like. They're like leaderless, sort of. Yeah. And having this type of a character who's like creating a better society at least the people who are following him believe that yeah and like if it comes off to us as a cult it's for sure going to come off to the other societies in space as a cult cult. yeah and maybe it is but maybe it's like a harmless one maybe it's not maybe it's not a cult maybe they it just feels like like that's that's like what's the difference maybe it's a philosophical thing maybe it's like a philosophy that these people want to follow yeah and he's like a he's like a philosophical leader like an aristotle Right. Right. Or He's not Socrates. Socrates Johnson from <laughs> Bill and Ted. <laughs> my All we are are dust in the wind, man. 
He's like, ooh. And he's like, ah, he gets it. I see. Yeah. I see. Um, uh, he continues, that's all I got. This all came to me in a dream. At one point, he was wearing a suit and bow tie and he and an Abraham Lincoln hat in order to come across as more amicable to the human colonists. Wow, that dream sounds amazing. <laughs> anyway, hope you guys have a happy holidays. Merry Spacemas from Megas 2. Love and kisses, Axe Wizard. Thanks, Axe Wizard. Merry Spacemas. Merry Spacemas. You keep up them axes, buddy. Yeah, keep being the best Axe Wizard. Um... Our next email. I really love that idea. Like I'm, I'm gonna pitch it, especially with the idea that I, the best man, came up with. So yeah, I agree with you. I will pitch. <laughs> I will pitch it. I pitch Josh's too. No, I think yours is is bet. I think that idea is better. It it would be cool if you never really knew though, like what he was, right? Oh, yeah. Like if, like to him and his followers, he's not a cult leader. He's a philosophical right. leader, but. He is a Klingon. He's not going to be like completely right. serene and truthful. Yeah, he's not. He's not like. He's not like a like a like a monk. You know what I mean? Like he's a warrior. He, like he might be. He's like a warrior monk, but like yeah. it might all be part of some plan that we don't know. You don't know. Yeah, and that's like where the empire is coming from. This is like this is like trying to subterfuge. It's yeah, like from like, their point of view, the empire is like we've seen this shit before, right? Like. This happens every now and then. There's always somebody who thinks they got a better idea, right? Yeah, and, then and it always ends them. badly. Yep, yep. And the, and the Federation is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up, yeah. There's some of our citizens in there, too. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, so? Yeah. Well, they made their choice, right? That's yeah. what they would say. <laughs> um, I love Barry the Klingon. He's good. Barry. I would work on the name. Barold the Klingon. <laughs> A bearham Lincoln, <laughs> and he's a bear. He's a bear. Um, our next email is from Pizza Man. Pizza Man, and it is entitled "Subject." Great, you guys are really working hard on the titles. <laughs> hey, big fan of Ahoy Trek Boys here. Ahoy, hi Trek what Boys. With, what with Christmas and stuff, y'all got any good bad memories to share from round about these here winter times? <laughs> I remember getting Garfield the movie one year and being hype as fuck about it. Later realizing I was right to be because that movie is good. Tale of Two <laughs> Kitties, not so much. <laughs> anyway, something something Star Trek. Okay, bye. Signed Pizza Man. P.S. <laughs> Commissioning at underscore Jeff Pennington makes for a great Christmas gift for your family and friends. Wow, free commercial, great. That's awesome. Thank you, Pizza Man. I just finished his commission last night in San Antonio. Nice, nice. Of him and his brothers as dope ass wizards sitting on stone thrones. That's actually awesome. It turned out really cool. I liked how it turned out. He didn't want a Garfield the movie commission. No, Garfield the movie is good. I don't remember that. Is that the one with Bill Murray? I think so. Bill Murray is Garfield. He's yeah. Garfield, yeah. Uh, like, Which is super ironic because uh, Bill Murray would not do the Ghostbusters cartoon, so they got the voice of Garfield to voice him in the cartoon. That's the fucking day. John Larroquette fascinating. That's yeah. amazing. I didn't and know that. Later, he played Garfield in a movie. <laughs> That's fucking weird. It is. It's very strange. That's so weird. Wow. Uh, uh, what are some bad memories? I got the well, flu good on Christmas. Slash bad memories. Uh, I yeah. Well, I have like I think I might have talked about this before. One year, my entire family had the flu, but it was like one of the years I got like some of the sweetest gifts that I still remember. 
Like I got like wow. all these micro machine sets. Like I've got like countless micro machine sets. Like <laughs> so this was a good slash bad. It was a good slash bad memory. <laughs> but everyone was just like, like my dog was sick. Even like everyone was sick. It was horrible. About a week before Christmas, when I was like nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, me and every kid that lived within like a half a mile from where I lived went to this big there used to be a baseball field that I played on when I was a little younger that had yeah. gotten like abandoned when the team folded right and it had uh, grown over and it was just like a perfect field of snow and it was gigantic it and was there was a, a train field. that run through it like Brewster's Millions no I wish but uh, <laughs> we all went out there and there was this big mountainside beside it this gigantic hillside that people drove like four wheelers and ATVs and oh stuff. yeah they do that hill climb shit yeah. yeah and so we went out there with sleds trash can lids oh like, fuck yeah we built forts and snowball fought all day long we like slid, that's awesome. We, uh, like sledded down that hill until it was dark. That's awesome. And it was like one of the funnest days I've ever had. Oh man, that's amazing. It that's was, a great memory. It was so fun. To this day, whenever it snows, like I go full snowball fight mode wherever Dude. I'm at. Like if I'm in a parking lot with Crystal and it's snowing, I'll just start throwing snow at her. That's how you uh, proposed to her, right? You put the ring in the snowball and you and just I hit her in the, the head face. with it. Yeah. And I fucking loved a big red welt, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm proud of the way I proposed. I was a fucking super smart genius man about it. I don't know how you did it. Um, one of our first dates, we went to the Huntington Museum of Art mm-hmm. in Huntington, West Virginia, and there was a koi pond there that like she loved. She was fucking. She loved this koi pond. It was beautiful. Yeah. Because they had this garden that was full of exotic plants and stuff there, too. Right. And so I got the ring, and I took her to that museum. We hadn't been in a long time. Mm-hmm. And we did the full museum walk and everything, and I was like, hey, let's take a look at those fish before we leave. Yeah. And we went in there, and while she was, like, bent over the water looking at you I threw like, her in. I tossed her the fuck in, and then the fish gave her the ring. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> not nah, when she wasn't paying attention like I got down on one knee and she turned around and went are you serious that's are you great. serious that's great that's awesome I would have married the shit out of you for and that and then some dude with his family was like watching and we didn't notice and then I, st- yeah. I stood up after she said yes and we kissed everything like I stood up and looked over and he was like thumbs upping me like yeah, yeah. Go. Uh, that's funny <laughs> that's great I was pretty much just a suavist. How are you going to ask me to marry you? Or can't you uh, tell me? We're already married, so... Oh, oh. oh well, I missed it? Oh. You missed it. You were blackout drunk, and I slid the ring on your finger, so... <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty on brand. <laughs> uh, so those are our memories. Yeah. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed them. I don't have like any really bad memories from Christmas, really. I mean, I, mean, I, had, a, I had a lot of Christmases where I didn't get much or anything. Yeah. Like, I had a few Christmases where I got nothing, and that was rough as fuck. I was spoiled. I was a spoiled brat growing up, so. Like, my, my parents were, like, poor as fuck. I can't blame them. Yeah. Like, they had no money to get me anything. Yeah, I got a lot of, like, expensive gifts, because my, my dad was, like... As much of, like, a dickhead as my dad is, like, he's also a raging narcissist. So, like, my dad had to get me things that were, like, big. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Cause, like, Well, I mean, shit balanced out for me. Like, yeah. I had Sega Channel. 
Oh, well then fucking fuck you, man. Like, I mean, you there, had like... There was one Christmas where I didn't get anything, and then the next Christmas I got Sega Channel. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't even know what you're complaining about. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I, had, I had fucking Sega Channel, dude. I played Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron several oh, months I before fuck, it came out. I fucking love that game. That game Such is great. Game. I, that might I be my only... favorite Sega game. That's a I, great it, fucking it game. It might be mine, too, honestly. It's so fucking good. Um, yeah. I played Pulse Man... And yeah. no one knows what that fucking is because it didn't come out in America. It was only on Sega Channel. <laughs> Did we play that on the show? We might maybe, have. Maybe, because you can get it now. It's on Yeah, you can get it now, yeah. But um, Pulseman was the first game that Game Freak made, and then they made Pokemon later, and then they never made any other game besides Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't need to. They're like quabillionaires now. Pulseman I think Pokemon has game. made the most money in the world of any franchise. Yeah, it's the number one franchise on Earth, dude. Which is crazy. It if you is. Think of, you think about how crazy that is. Like we're talking about like like Star Wars, which has been around longer than Pokemon. Pokemon's been around since like the nineties. I think Star Wars is like number three. three. I think it's three, and I think Hello Kitty is up there too. It's Top earning franchises ever. <laughs> Come on, we're gonna find out live. Yeah, we're gonna look it up. Yeah, shit, dude. Uh, Pokemon is number one. Hello Kitty is number two. Two, yeah. Eighty billion dollars. Eighty billion dollars. Why not? Eighty-six billion. Can you guess what number three is? It's not Star Wars. No. Um. You you will literally never guess this. I don't know. I don't. It's know. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Mouse and Friends is number four. Star Wars is five. Yeah. Mario is nine. Yeah, it's up there. And then Winnie... the Marvel Cinematic Universe is ten. Yeah. That's how that's how ridiculous the, that fucking shit makes so yeah, much money. $35 billion. It's fucking stupid. It's so dumb. Mario's <laughs> not really leading by that much, to be real honest with you. It's at $36 billion. Only $36 billion, though? Only, only $1 billion more. Come on, Mario. Step up your shit. Number six is something, uh, even when I was a weeb as a teenager, I had never heard of called Anpan Man. I don't know that. $60 billion. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. It must be, is it anime? I don't know. It's a Japanese thing, yeah. It's a Japanese children's superhero. Okay, all right, well. All right. And he's he's got like a chubby smiley face head that's weird apparently it's just like a little kids thing that's got huge it's like that's where the money is man is like making little kids stuff i'm looking up and pan man oh okay i recognize this yeah i recognize him i just don't know what he i don't know from yeah he's sort of like a mighty mouse or like a yeah yeah kind of looks mighty mouse ish uh our next email thanks for the email pizza man thanks for the plug for my commissions as well yeah. Our next email is from Poppy. Hey, Poppy. And it is entitled The Usual Poppy Nonsense. Oh, I love The Usual Poppy Nonsense. I'm a big fan. UPN, Usual Poppy Nonsense. <laughs> UPN is back, baby. Are you open? <laughs> uh, how funny would it have been if the turbo lift in DS9's ops got stuck with Captain Sisko nearly at eye level with the floor? So every shot with him had to be at the level of the other character's shoes. <laughs> that would be really funny. Maybe Ducat is stuck in there with him. It sounds kind of like what I think the short treks are doing. I could be way off. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> That's great. I'm really curious to see the one with H. John Benjamin. Can we just say John Benjamin? Do we have to say the H? It sounds fancier with the H. Even though he's, like, not fancy, yeah, and not he never fancy plays either. fancy anything. He fucking loves Arby's, though. Does he love Arby's? He's in the Arby's commercial. I don't see commercials. Any- I can only ever get to see them. I see him on Hulu. Yeah, Arby's is delicious, though. I'll, I, like I will Arby's. I'll say that. It's damn good. Every time I go to Arby's, I get the beef and cheddar, and I just have, like, a million of those, and then I yeah. die in a coma. Beef and cheddar is the shit, and then the yeah. curly fries rule. Oh, dude, I love the curly... Like, yeah. I love curly fries better than almost any other fries on Earth. They are the best fry, and nobody wants to admit that. They're so much better than they're other fries. They're amazing, and they're, they're, like, salted, and they've got, like, like Old Bay on them and shit. Oh, they're, they're fucking so amazing. Good. Um, have you guys seen the short tracks? If so, how are they? I haven't. I don't know what this is. I, short tracks are like um, little uh, things that they release between seasons or episodes of Discovery, and they're okay. like unrelated to the main cast or only involve one of the main cast. I see. So okay, or one or two. Like they did one that was like the origin of Saru, like how he is this on Access? All Access? Yeah, it's all Access. So yeah, Disney Plus is doing that too with a. Uh, Star uh, Wars. Marvel also. They oh, do Marvel. That. Yeah. I well, think they're doing Star- full series. Are they? Yeah, all the things that have been advertised for uh, Disney Plus for Marvel are full series. Mm, no, I, I haven't, like, looked in it. I, I got it, but I've just been, like... I don't have it. Using Mandalorian. I'm watching The Mandalorian. I want to watch The Mandalorian. It's great because it's just simple and there's no, like... It's just a Western. I want to watch The Mango Delorean. The Mango Delorean? Old, uh... <laughs> Wolf and Cub, right? That's what it's, it is. It is Lone Wolf and Lone Cub Wolf with and space. Cub. Yeah, yeah. Uh, H. John Benjamin is in a Trouble with Tribbles short track where it's Tribbles again. H. John Benjamin. Um, apparently he tries to, like, breed a non-threatening version of Tribbles. And oh, that doesn't eat everything? It doesn't work. Of course it doesn't. They're um, fucking rats, dude. There's one that takes place, like, so far in the future that, like, this... The ship, the Discovery, I think, is, like, abandoned, and it just has, like, an AI thing in it, and only one person, is like, a person finds it or something. I don't know. What? They're all, all, like, little side things that have nothing to do with anything. That's cool. I haven't seen it, but I would would watch them. I would like to see them. I don't know if they're good or not. Like, I'm not passing any judgment. I can't say. Yeah, I don't know. Um, last and obviously most important, what's your favorite sandwich, you guys? Oh, fuck, dude. My favorite sandwich? Uh, what constitutes a sandwich? That's, that's the question, isn't it? Right? Like, what, um... There's a, there's a place around Pittsburgh. I don't know if it's, um, further north or not, uh, but it's like a chain. It's called Promonte Brothers. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have a corned beef sandwich. yeah. That is one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. So my favorite sandwich, and I'm going to be real Philly about all this. <laughs> it's the Gobbler, isn't it? No, it's not the Gobbler. Uh, although the Gobbler is good. Um, is a Primo Hoagies makes a, it's called the Crusher. It's like got a pepper, like pepper turkey cheese and pepper shooters with prosciutto and cheese in it. Mm. And there are, like, six, like, pepper shooters in this sandwich. It's, like, fucking incredible. I also like a really good turkey club. Like, just a really fucking well-made turkey club. Yeah. Like, I like meaty sandwiches. Like, I love a sandwich with, like, a lot of meat on it. 
Yeah, I'm not like, big into like salami and stuff, so I don't I like love salami. Ro- I don't roll on that, but I love, but like corned beef is my shit. Like I love corned beef; it's so yeah. good. Yeah, and this sandwich is like corned beef. It's got uh, fucking pepper jack. Yeah, okay, it's, yeah, I'm in. Um, you got me. I'm in. <laughs> it's got fries on it. All the Promonti yeah, sandwiches Pramontes, have fries yeah. on them. They're like famous, I think. They're and uh, you can't put it in your mouth. You gotta like cut. You gotta cut it in half and eat it that way because it's too huge. Yeah, just like my dick. It's, you gotta cut the dick in half. Yeah, to suck then, it. then you gotta eat it that way. <laughs> <laughs> you cut it in half long ways and you can share it with a friend. <laughs> Hot dog way, not hamburger way. <laughs> But, like, honestly, I've had corned beef sandwiches at other places, and I've loved them all exactly as much. So I guess corned beef and cheddar, or corned beef yeah. and pepper jack is my shit. I went through With a some, big... like, Dijon mustard oh, bitch. Oh, fuck. God, I'm so hungry now. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm hungry too, dude. Damn, I want that. I want that shit. We're having a, a blue apron. It's a Hello Fresh, but it's the same shit tonight. It's enchiladas. Oh, enchiladas. <laughs> Give me those enchiladas. En- I have an enchilada. <laughs> enchilada. My mom literally calls them tortillas. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. My mom says water, so I get it. Water. <laughs> yeah, drink some water. Oh, okay, I'll drink some water. You'd be surprised how often I hear the term jag off since I moved to Pittsburgh. It's all anyone ever says. <laughs> Nobody in Philly even like says curse words like anymore. They just say, yo <laughs> if they want if they're pissed off at you. You fucking you fucking jag off over here. It's jag off in traffic. Jagoff is good. Jagaloon is a good one. I've heard that a million times. Fuck, There's like merchandise Jag-a-loon. that says Jagoff on it. That's branded Pittsburgh merchandise. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Like, Jesus Christ. Pittsburgh is like Philly's like weirder brother. Yeah, it's weird. Like I already found an advertisement for a jerk off club here. So what's the jerk? What's the jerk off club? What do you do? Like I went uh, when I was. Uh, they turned our water off in our apartment. I got fucking how far back do I got to go? They they were supposed to turn the water off in our apartment, but didn't. But I yeah. didn't know that. So I left for the day. Yeah. And I was supposed to work in a Starbucks all day. Uh, I got bored after three hours of that and went to go get lunch <laughs> and uh, remembered that I'm lactose intolerant and I drank a coffee. Yeah, with milk in it. And uh, then I tried out uh, just a... a Sampler of all the bathrooms in the area. One yeah, you took a tour, a bathroom tour. And in the hardware store there, there was an ad drawn on the wall in perfect handwriting, perfect legible print handwriting that said yeah. debergjerks.com. Okay. And I was like, what is this? Like a like a radio thing? Like the radio jerks? That- yeah, they're jerks. Jerk and boys. Like, the jerky boys, yeah. Like, and I, I typed it into Google, and something told me not to click on the link to go to the site, just to search for it. Yeah, that's smart. And it is a club where you can go and just crank your ween with a bunch of your best bros, but it made it very clear that it is not gay. Oh, sure. You just go and watch sure. straight porn with all your friends and masturbate in front of them. And you just jerk with your friends. Which is something that I think we all would do. I couldn't imagine how tense that place is. Because yeah. it's super not gay, right? But all right. they want is to do each other. That's all they really want. The sexual tension in that building is explosive, is what you're it's, saying. 
It's all they want, and they can't because they can't admit to themselves that, that they're gay. That they're gay, or that they just want to at least just like yeah, just try. They just want to try it. Yeah, they're getting closer though. They're getting yeah, closer. Hopefully, eventually, they're just like you know what, fuck it. Let's yeah, do literally, it. Literally, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so my favorite sandwich is a corned beef and cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sincerely, Lieutenant Junior Grade F minus Poppy of the USF's coffee mug. Ooh, the coffee mug. I do. I do like to spend time on the coffee mug. The coffee mug is great. <laughs> uh, our next email mm-hmm. is uh, from Matthew Tucciaroni. Good. I think you nailed that one. I think you got it. <laughs> Tucciaroni. Tucciaroni, the Matthew Frisco treat. It's not Tucciaroni, it's Tucciaroni. Fucking, he he spelled it out for me and everything, and I still got it wrong. Sorry. (laughs) I usually don't do last names. Um, (laughs) It's entitled, how do you say zero zeros like a decade? Is that aughts? Yeah, aughts. Uh, That's terrible, I don't like that. (laughs) Or the, yeah, the aughts, yeah. Um, Subtract, but Oh, God. Nice hiccup. It's all that wine you drunk. Yeah, I'm cartoon drunk. I'm just hiccuping. <gasps> You're seeing pink elephants. <laughs> Subtrack, boys. How do you say the zeros, like a decade from 2000 to 2009? I feel like we've been weaseling out of a consensus with radios saying hits of the 80s, 90s, and today, with yeah. today being a span of literally 20 years. Yeah. Now that a new decade is upon us, we really need to figure this out. So what should it be? I've heard the oddies and the naughties before, <laughs> but also just the 2000s. Yeah. I like the oddies, but what, want to hear other opinions. Trackfully yours, Matthew Tusseroni. I don't like 2000 and, like, when you say, like, 2009... I prefer it if we would just say 2009. Like, why did we, like, abandon the 19... Like, 1999, and then we went I don't to... Know. To You're right, though. 2001. Like, just say 01. I never thought about that. You're 100% right. Like, it bother- it's been bothering me forever. I hate it's it. 2001, 2002. 2002. Yeah, like, why like, did and we... And then, like, we did 2000 and whatever until yeah. we got to 2010. Because right. it's easy. 2010 is easier to say, I guess. because, like, 2001 sounds, like, awkward. Does it? I don't think it does, but... I think it's just we got a real wrapped up in the idea of it being 2000. Like we, yeah, it's like, two th- the year like, 2000. Yeah, like, who cares? Like, it's not really that year. It's just a made-up number. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter what you would have named it. It's made up, right? With, with that said, I do like the 2000s better than I do the aughts. The aughts is dumb, because the aughts is, like, old-timey 1900s yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, they, they probably called it that in the 19, 1900s, 1910, the Yeah, the, yeah through, the, through the early 19s. But, yeah, like, I don't like the aughts. But I don't like the naughties. Like, I've never heard that. I, I like it because it's uh, weirdly sexual. I like I, yeah, I like one. it because it makes me think, like, we're going to, like, go to a jerk-off club or something. <laughs> Look, if anyone listening to this likes to go to a jerk-off club... Uh, just fuck the other guys. What are you doing? <laughs> They're right there. It's what you really want. They're just your pals. Like, fuck it. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? If you can't fuck your bro, who can you fuck, who can right? You fuck? Yeah. I mean, you're there to experience a safe space where you can jerk off together anyway, which is nice. So, like, yeah, you Maybe know? that's what you really want, though. Maybe yeah. you really want to just jerk off in front of people. Maybe that's your thing. 
Maybe you're Louis C.K. and you need a healthy outlet. <laughs> yeah, you need like a holodeck for that shit, right? He should have went to Pittsburgh, man. We got it. The Berg's Jerk Off Club. Yeah, fuck it. The Berg's Jerk. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Trekfully yours. I already said that. Thanks for the email, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, we have no consensus. Yeah, I... I I guess it doesn't really matter as much anymore, but, like, I, I think at some point the people who lived in that time will stop being alive, and then people will just go back to saying 2005, right? Probably, yeah. Like, I don't think that people are going to say... 1905, two, right. 2005. Like, they're not... Works. Yeah, I think people who lived through it are conditioned to say 2000. I don't know why. Uh, we were really psyched about 2K. Like, for a while, it was like, why 2K? We, that was the year 2000. Yeah, we were so psyched about it, we freaked out about it. It's like, and it was, why 2K1? Why 2K2? Yeah, which it's is, dumb. Which is not an abbreviation if it's the exact length. Yeah, if it's like, thing it's more syllables, yeah. Um, thanks for that email. Our next email is from <laughs> Desrath. Desrath. And it is entitled Christmas Time. Oh, so cute. It's like a child. And he begins, Treklers. <laughs> Those like little Trek kids. Uh, the Yuletide season is nearly upon us here at the USS Lollipop. Looks out window. F. <laughs> wow, which, you can see that? Wow. Which, as we all know, stands for fabulous and not whoops, I done blew up the ship replicating real cheesecake again. Whoops. <laughs> We've hung a bunch of Cardassian tinsel in the cor- corridors, filled mm. mess with the traditional roasted Leola root. Nice. And Klingon carolers have kept everyone in the holiday spirit, or else. <laughs> My favorite carol is Good Tidings to You and Your House. <laughs> <laughs> and Your House. That's fucking amazing. Uh, that really got me. That's uh, great. This got me wondering if you were going to give a Spacemus present to Data, what would it be and why? Ooh. Cheery Spacemus, Captain Desrath of the USS Lollipops, whoops, I done blew up the ship replicating real cheesecake again. Um, P.S. You too can join in on the Spacemus good cheer by going to www.unitedfederationofpodcast.com. And pledging one dollar. That links to our Patreon. He bought that. He bought it. That's amazing. (laughs) That's fucking amazing. Oh my god. So, if you were going to give a Spacemus present to Lieutenant Commander Data of the USS Enterprise D, Mm, I would head down to the Replo Mat area where they print out all their, uh, replicate all their presents like teddy bears and shit mm-hmm. <laughs> and i gotta look through the uh, the catalog the hammerker slammer catalog and since i want a hovercraft and i saw one in hammerker slammer for sixty thousand dollars this year <laughs> i would just replicate two of those and give one to data here's the thing desireth has several times Helped me come up with ideas for t-shirts and shit mm-hmm. by accident. Mm-hmm. Like, he commissioned me to make that Queen album cover with yeah. Deep Space Nine characters, and now it's a t-shirt. And I think he just accidentally came up with an idea for a shirt I'm going to do for me again. What is gave, it? Planted something in my brain. Because the present I would give Data is a blueprint of Spot, the cat, that points out all the things he talks about in oh his Oh my god, spot. that's incredible. 
That's fucking amazing. So I think I'm going to have to make a shirt that's the Ode to Spot shirt, and it's a blueprint of Spot the Cat. Felis Catus. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's amazing, dude. I'd buy the fuck out of that right now. So look forward to that whenever I launch the M-Class shirts, which I probably should have done in time for Christmas, but foo- whoops, I forgot whoops. to do it. I done forgot to do it. Made some cheesecake. <laughs> I was too busy trying to not get kicked out of my house at Christmas because I gotta pay bills. It's Christmas time! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, that is both my answer and a future t-shirt. Thank you very much, Damn, this, this podcast is everything. <laughs> Felis Caddis. It just that's says taxonomic nomenclature. <laughs> it just says Felis Caddis, and it's... Oh, that's so good. Uh... Our next email mm-hmm. is from uh, Yakub. Yakub, and it is entitled "Voyager took so long to come back because they had to walk Neelix." Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like a dog. He begins. Otherwise, Neelix was pissing all over the bridge and mess hall, and Janeway was not having it. Oh man, Neelix. If I had a dollar for every time I'm baffled with Voyager, I would donate it to M-Class Podcast at patreon.com slash M-Class Podcast. Man, we have the best fans. They're so great. They're just shilling for us. I we love don't have it. To. I fucking love it. It's so great. Oh, man. Hopefully people enjoy them as much as I do, because they always make me laugh. They're, they're, like, so, like, unexpected. You'd think at some point you'd expect it, but every time I'm like, all right, here we go. That's funny. I'm still watching that show, and Kess just had her second birthday. Mm. That must have been a weird event for her, celebrating an amount of time after her birth that was so significant on her planet. In general, I assume that we, the viewers, watch the, the show through a universal translator. Units of time and distance are converted to ones we understand. Yes. The characters use KPH for velocity and use Earth years as a measure of time because that's what we understand. Right. I assume Ocompans live around nine Earth years. That doesn't mean, however, that they live nine Ocompa, the planet years. Yeah, she could be like 450 Ocompan years. Like, who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, why would the crew do such a thing as celebrate... Uh, why would the crew do such a thing as celebrate the wrong day? I guess federations should check their imperialism and culture erasure, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's only because you're hearing it that way, though. Like, that doesn't exist anymore because you're hearing relative things. Like, it's like trying to say, like, what, it's like, it's like, describe green to me. Like, you can't describe green. How can I you, guess, di- you can't. I guess the idea is, like, a day to her would be like, or a day to us would be like a year to her, years. So it would be like yeah. celebrating the year instead of the day you were born on. Right. So really, they should have a birthday party that lasts like a minute and a half. <laughs> that sounds it. like a that's great birthday party. That sounds like an amazing <laughs> birthday party. Happy birthday! All Everyone right, back to it work. up. Pack it up. Back to the bridge. Yeah, like, it's not, they're not like, it's just because the translator is translating that for you as the viewer like you have one in your head right like like imagine if you will you josh henderson yeah uh and you at home or josh henderson in this example sure that you're way to go everybody you fucking you're welcome <laughs> you josh henderson go to a planet and they're psyched to celebrate your birthday but their day lasts a year long right 
So you get to have a birthday for a year where everyone's yeah. celebrating you. And that you sounds awesome. Drink and eat and do whatever you want for a year. Yeah. And that's what happened to Kess. That's like the best year ever. <laughs> that sounds cool as shit to me. Instead of the year of hell, it's the year of cake. <laughs> um, or the year of hello, let's party. <laughs> You're on fire tonight, Josh, Thanks. and audience who are also Josh. God, you guys are so lucky to be me. Holy shit. Enough hot takes. Stop looking at your dick and how big it is. <laughs> You'll get used to it. Uh, this should come out around winter solstice holidays. I hope every Trek boy has a wonderful time with people they love and that the next year brings more joy than this one. That was wonderful. Thank you. Yours giving gifting everyone socks and candles, <laughs> chief present unwrapper Yakub of the USS Grinch. Dude, where's my bimber? <laughs> Where are my socks and candles? Where's my socks and candle and bimber. Uh, this this episode will come out around New Year's Day, I believe. So oh, uh, yeah. hopefully the New Year does bring joy to everybody. Like. Man, I can't. I can't even put in. I guess I'll save it to the end. But I can't even put into words how thankful I am to everybody who listens to this and supports this. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I'll get into that at the end. Uh, for now, Yakub, thank you for that email. Thanks, pretty, Yakub. Pretty fucking uh, liberal cucky of you, but it was still a good email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, our next email is from Fedco. Redco. And it is entitled Talking About That Shrimps. Oh, fuck. What? I want that now. Uh, hey, Jeff. Hey, Josh. Hi. Uh, Science Officer Fedco is on cavation. It's like vacation, except I mistyped it, so it's in a cave. Sure. You know, doing Vulcan stuff in a cave. Oh, I get it. You're doing the meditating. So it's just me, regular old Fedco. I'm here to t- uh, I'm here today to talk about one of the few things I'm always ready, William. Oh my God, they're fucking like highlighted letters. I know what this means. Is this a code again? Is this code? Is this a code? I didn't. Uh... They're trying to fuck us on New Year's Day. <laughs> oh wait, it says buy Jeff's art. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Did they do it? Did they buy it? I don't know. Did they? I'm trying to figure out like what it says at the end because it does say Je- buy Jeff's art. What does it say? Is there something for H-I- me? H I hi R I okay H C H hi rich hi rich <laughs> he's not even here. Okay, it's just me, regular old Fedco. I'm here today to talk about one of the few things I'm always ready, willing, and eager to jump up and talk about. How much I want some gosh dang shrimps off the barbie. Oh, fuck you, dude. That is... Oh, God, I love them. Oh, my God. Fresh out of the Outback Steakhouse advertisements. It's always looked so delicious, all skewered and shrimpy, cooked over a fire into a meaty, caramelized goodness. You ever do shrimp cart? Oh, boy. You ever do endless shrimp at Red Lobster? Oh, for fuck, man. Now I gotta go to Red Lobster. I make, like, 
me and a friend used to go to Red Lobster every year and do endless shrimp. Yeah. We would just fucking die afterwards. Yeah, you just you, full of shrimp. You can't eat that much shrimp. You'll die. <laughs> like, like for real, I could be miserably stuffed after a big Thanksgiving dinner and still get a little hungry for some shrimps on the Barbie TM. Yes. yes. And I've never even been to an Outback steak. No, house. you don't want. I mean, Outback is fine or whatever, but yeah. like, you want like. When I drive through the city sometimes, and they have like a like cart area, like a like a food cart area, then there's shrimp cart. You can smell that shit, and you're like, "Fuck, dude!" Oh yeah, fuck, <laughs> dude. Some of the best food I've ever had has been off a cart yeah, in a city. Cart food is incredible. <laughs> like, th- weirdly enough, I I had the best hot dog I'd ever had was in uh, Manhattan. Yeah, New York. Until. Yeah. Some old, there was a super duper old guy who just started a, like bringing a hot dog cart around the side of a bank in Huntington, West Virginia, and just yeah. sitting there. And it was good. And he made the most magically delicious hot dog I've ever had in uh, my entire life. It was, and then he just, he, I guess he died. He was really old. He went so to I'll hot never dog get heaven. to have one again. <laughs> it was actually, you were like in a Twilight Zone episode and that was like an angel or something. Dude, if he, if heaven is real, no one on earth deserves to be there except that guy. Cause he uh, made the most transcendental <laughs> hot dog. I, I, like I bit into it and it was like an anime. Like, there was flowers yeah. appeared around me in the background. You were, you, next thing you know, you're in your, on your deathbed staring at yourself as a space baby. That's <laughs> Uh, and of course the secret message by Jeff's art hi rich yeah good thing I got one great next email (laughs) I don't need I don't need any messages it's cool she's on the other foot now isn't it Josh alright next email (laughs) our next email is of course extremely long because it is written by your old pal rich Masters. I was wondering if we were gonna do this oh fuck and it is entitled part one i don't know what that is yo boys so here's the deal below is the first part of my new series Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try and do a 10 episode picard season oh my god okay all right i'm glad that we're doing this i didn't know until you said that and now i'm glad we're doing this i didn't know until i read that yeah yeah (laughs) it's gonna be bound by a few rules though okay I have to use most of the elements contained in the release trailers, even ones I personally dislike. Okay, alright, that's interesting, okay. I wanted to do this in order to give myself a little bit of a challenge, mainly because I think this is the super easiest route they ever could have gone with, and I kind of hate them for it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's gonna be, so the real, the real show is gonna be, like, she's a Borg, or Data's daughter, or something, and there's going to be sword fights, and that's going to be the thing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. So let's imagine the studio ordered me to do this, and I have to somehow weave this mess into something original. So, Disclaimer. like Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, I have avoided all detail about the show except for some character names. Believe me, I didn't make these names up. All right, okay. Everything is planned out, and a few episodes have already been written, so here goes. Shit. Twenty three ninety nine, Party like it's that year. On a deep space outpost at the edge of the Beta Quadrant, two Starfleet security officers guard a secure-looking door from behind a force field. When the force field flickers and fails, one of the officers kicks the emitter, grumbling about damn machines. She mm. asks her fellow guard to call for an engineer, but when she turns around, he's gone. What? 
As she turns back to the door, a cybernetic arm grabs her by the throat and she passes out. The hooded assailant kneels, carefully placing the officer's head on the ground and checking her pulse. Without a word, two other hooded people arrive, placing the other knocked-out security officer down too. They enter the complex after easily breaking the security code and incapacitate two more officers covertly. The leader activates a control panel and floods the complex with anesthesine gas. Yes. Knocking out all the Starfleet officers within. The team of three make their way further into the facility, passing the Starfleet scientists until they reach a lab with a long mortuary-esque style drawers. Ooh. Tubules eject from the leader's hand to override the security. It's seven. They pull out the drawer to find the disassembled remains of Captain Data. Oh, fuck. Title, The Abyss Will Also Gaze. What? It's a great name. What? Fleet Admiral Graham beams down with the security team to a familiar-looking vineyard, then tells her people to hang back. She walks down a long path between two high rows of vines until she reaches the house and knocks on the door. There's no response. She attempts to turn the handle only to find it locked. Well, Boston Sean's mom will love this episode. There's a handle. Uh, But then pulls out a tricorder from her belt to unlock it. The door swings open, but she is greeted by a snarling pit bull. I'm pretty sure that breaking and entering is covered in the Starfleet charter. An older Picard walks around the far corner of the house, a phase rifle in his hand. Whoa, yes! Though it has been a few years, you may have updated it. (laughs) The Admiral takes a step toward Picard, but the dog growls threateningly. Picard tells Number One to heal, and the dog trots over to him happily. Puppy! Taking another step, the Admiral stops in her tracks when she notices Picard's refusal to lower the rifle. He asks her why she's there, and in return, the Admiral asks if she can come inside. When they're seated, Picard offers her a glass of wine, but deliberately doesn't partake, listening as she recounts the attack on a Starfleet facility. Mm-hmm. The one we saw earlier. Yeah, I got that. When she reveals the <laughs> No doorknobs dated... there, that's the problem. Yeah, they, it's fucking, you can't break through doorknobs except when you did just then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when she reveals that Captain Data's remains have been stolen, Picard is furious at her lack of... He was the one that ordered for the remains to be stored in a secret place after... Ah, oh, he forgot a word. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Rich. I know you didn't want me to point that out. Uh, <laughs> her lack of tact. Yeah. He was the one that ordered for the remains to be stored in a secret place, after all. Mm-hmm. Graham asks if he's been off Earth recently. Picard tells her that he still holds his oath to Starfleet of paramount importance, despite what happened. He suggests she go speak to Will Riker, if that man has any damn honor left. What? What, what did he do? Is this, like, old crotchety bastard Picard? <laughs> I kind of like it. I'm I'm into this. Admiral Graham wishes him well and goes to beam out, but Picard offers her a bottle of wine. She takes it and leaves. That's going to come back later. Later, Picard is tending to his vines when a long shadow falls on the ground next to him. A disheveled young woman stumbles towards Picard until she reaches out to him and collapses, exhausted. He brings her into the house, making sure she's fed and rested before he asks her who she is and why she's there. She confides that her name is Dodge. Apparently. Okay. What a fucking stupid name. <laughs> Did he write that? Yeah, he wrote that. Dodge. <laughs> How does it spell? D-A-J. D-H-A-J. D-H-A-J? Dodge. The H was... We don't need that. I feel like that might be a real name, guys. I feel like that might be, like, an Indian name. It might like, be. From India. It might be. 
Um, so I'm the only non-racist. That's Let's fine. Continue. I don't like it. Um, I don't like it as like uh, if it's not a, if it's not that, and this person isn't Indian, then I don't, like it. I don't like. I don't like that. He isn't Indian. Yeah. And begs him for help, but Jean-Luc simply stands and goes to the comm panel, telling Dodge that she is asking the wrong man. Okay. Just as he connects to Starfleet Command, she begs him to give him an hour to explain, so he shuts off the communication. Over dinner, Dodge explains to him that she is dreaming other people's dreams. Okay. It's- He's initially skeptical and asks her why she's so terrified of going to Starfleet. She says that her parents tried on her behalf, but suddenly vanished, and she's been running ever since. Running, running, and running, running. <laughs> Does that song play then? That's what plays. I think, and there's it just plays while they sit there silently and stare at each other. As a CBS executive, put that in. <laughs> Picard, we're playing CBS executives because I'm already like erasing all of this, and it turns out that Picard loves Starfleet, and he he wears disco brand clothing. <laughs> um, Discovery brand. Yeah. <laughs> Picard asks if anyone knew she was coming here and why she was so sure that she could trust him. She says that she somehow shared Picard's dreams and felt two voices inside of him. What? Knowing that he was able to deal with the split in his being, she knew that he was the right person to trust. The Ooh. voices told her to come here and to look for someone named Locutus. Oh, fuck. All right. I like this. <laughs> in the middle of the night, after ensuring Dodge is safe and instructing number one to watch her, he transports to the Australian Outpack where ex-commander Rafi Musiker mm-hmm. sits outside on the porch of a near-derelict shuttle he has set up home in. She's using a Starfleet mobile science kit and is performing some kind of experiment and has rigged the shuttle's hollow projectors to project an EMH who sings to keep her company. <laughs> Useful. <just> Useful. <laughs> Picard asks what she's trying to prove. Moonshine, she says, taking a swig of whatever's come out of her chemistry set <laughs> distillery. Bimber. That's well and truly proved. Motherfucking Bimber. <laughs> Picard and Rafi sit on her porch, and he tells her about the girl. The playful way she responds, calling him JL, implies that they have history. Ooh, they kissed each other's wiener areas. <laughs> she warns him from trying to rescue people again, that it got them both canned, and tells Picard to walk away. He could come with her if she if he wants. She has enough dilithium to get to Ryza, and then she's going to retire there. Yeah, great idea. Why aren't you there right the fuck now? <laughs> Picard smiles and says goodbye before beaming up. The next day, Picard goes to Starfleet Command to tell Admiral Graham about the girl with the knowledge of the Borg. The Admiral rebuffs him and says that the Alpha Quadrant Borg have been dead ever since Catherine Janeway destroyed the Transwarp Corridor, effectively closing the network between Borg. Yeah, but the they're not argue. gone. <laughs> No, they'll find a way. They're the Borg. They're like fucking virus, dude. Uh, the two argue over Graham's refusal to help Dodge, with Graham effectively telling Picard that he left Starfleet, so he has no right to demand anything anymore. <sighs> but in closing, Graham admits that she's shocked that the girl has knowledge of confidential Starfleet information and makes Jean-Luc promise to keep her safe. Oh, what? Okay. Beverly Crusher, still the head of Starfleet Medical enters her offices, telling her second-in-command, Dr. Ogawa, to start work on the reports that she'll be right out. Bev sits down at her (laughs) desk, then orders the computer to turn the lights on. We're back, baby! (laughs) (laughs) The Crushinator gasps. I did that one. But Paul, I love him. (laughs) As it illuminates the corner where Picard has been waiting in the dark. Ninja. 
Beverly whispers, berating him for not being in contact with her for over eight months, but Picard reminds her that it's been necessary. She tells him that something is going on, and Data's theft has sent shockwaves through the Admiralty. Hmm. Beverly asks if he's spoken to Will, and Picard says that she knows he hasn't and won't. What the fuck? He shouldn't even be talking to her. Bev confides that the Titan is in deep space on assignment, but hasn't been heard from in weeks. Dr. Ogawa enters the room, simply nodding to Picard. They've received a message from Graham asking them to prepare for incoming wounded. They were trying to recover a fugitive in France and suffered phaser burns. What? Picard hurriedly returns to Le Bar in the dead of the night to find the farm has been half-destroyed by Graham's team. Well, more accurately, by Picard's defense systems. What the fuck?! The girl is gone, and in panic, Picard also thinks that number one might be hurt. <gasps> he runs down to the cellar where the dog sits as if nothing has happened. Oh, God, thank God. He strokes the dog, moves into one side, and removes the flagstone the dog had been sitting on, guarding. Picard lifts a case out of the hollow containing his pips and his comm badge. Oh, fuck. Good boy, he says, double t- and he double taps the comm badge three times. What? Agent number seven, are you there? What? A voice comes from the woman walking down the stairs. I've told you before, Picard, it's just seven. Yay! Number number one trots over to seven, and she strokes in behind the ears. And I've told you sometimes there are more voices listening than the ones we're speaking to, Picard warns. Anyone touched by the Borg should be double aware of that. Fuck, dude. Seven tells him he was stupid going to Starfleet. That when it comes to the Borg, they typically abandon their Federation principles. Picard asks if he has the girl, if she has the girl, and she confirms that she got here shortly after Picard left and hit her to keep her safe. Hmm. With no plan and the realization that something is terribly wrong at Starfleet, Seven asks what their next step is. Jean-Luc, my best friend Jean-Luc, activates the control panel. <laughs> And the pair are transported to Fleet Admiral Graham's office, much to Seven's surprise. What? With a smirk, Picard grabs the bottle of Chateau Picard sitting on her desk and strips the label, revealing a paper-thin transport pattern. (laughs) This is some fucking spy shit, dude. It is. This is great. Thought it best to be cautious, Picard says. You've been spending too time, too much time with me, Picard, says Seven. Now let's add Admiral Graham's technological and database distinctiveness to our own. <laughs> Picard smirks and accesses Graham's computer. He's surprised to find files on Dodge. These files are encrypted, but Seven insists that they will find a way to read them. As Picard is about to shut down the computer, he sees another file that piques his interest. Location of disabled Borg cubes in the Alpha and Beta quadrants that Starfleet have taken into custody. Oh, okay, I love this. A security team rushes into the room, and there is no escape. The wine label only had one use, preventing the two infiltrators from beaming out. Seven asks what they should do next, reaching for the phasers that sit in her belt. I rather hoped we had some backup, he says. Seven scoffs, telling him he trusts in humanity far too much. (laughs) As the security team advance, the two are beamed onto Musiker's shuttle. Yeah! And she sets course for Mars and activates a nearly failing stolen cloaking device that she somehow... What? (laughs) She asks Picard if he's been reckless on purpose to draw her out, and he simply says that he had faith that she would do the right thing. Picard, you... 
old dog. Where's uh, where's number one? Rafi has also taken the privilege of beaming number one up too, even though there's something about that dog that she just doesn't trust. He's not really going to be a dog, is he? He's a super dog. <laughs> he's from the planet Krypton. It turns. Oh, he's uh, he's crypto. <laughs> he's crypto the super dog. <laughs> He's the number one dog. He's the number one super guy. He's Hong Kong Fooey. He's Hong Kong Fooey. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, well, well. The gang's all here, says a man at the next table. Almost. Hello, Hugh, Picard says to the former Borg. I trust the mission was successful. This better have been worth it, Hugh pulls down his hood and places a small, a, a small metal case on the table, sliding it towards Picard. As he opens it, he sighs and retrieves Data's head. Oh my god. Hello, old friend. What now? asks Dodge. We're only a few hundred miles from some fine shipyards, says Picard, pointing out the window at Utopia Planitia. I think we need to procure transportation. Alright. This is to great. be continued. This is this is going to be better than the show. This is like Rich had said specifically that he was taking some risks in this one and he wasn't sure everyone was gonna be on board. Yeah. And I don't know. You don't know. I like it. I think it's. I, I think it's got a lot of fun action. I think it's got a great mystery plot. I yeah. really like the spy shit that happens. Yeah. I'm. Not, I have no problem with the grumpy old man Picard characterization. Mm-hmm. But. And I'm holding all judgment as this goes forth. Of course, right. This all is of the my first questions one. could be answered. Yeah, this is, yeah. But um, this is doing a thing that I never particularly like, which is like. Starfleet is all evil now. Yeah. And which is like that's like a season one TNG thing with like the parasites. Yeah. And I feel like that's the uh, Rich, don't change it because I say this place, but like I feel that's the direction it's gonna go. What if and it's just Graham? If so, though? that'll be fine. I don't think I'll have any problem with that. Right. Or if it's just Graham that's causing all this because she's an evil admiral. She's a fleet admiral, so she's like the evilest admiral. Yes. If she's just an evil admiral, that's fine. But if it's like, I don't I Well, don't obviously think it's not all Starfleet I, because like yeah. Bev, Bev, as you guys call yeah. her, because you're Bev, best, my best friends. Friend. Yeah. Um, she's not like you know. I'm sure that true. Riker had something to do with him getting fired or, or kicked out of Starfleet. I don't like that. That's the only thing I actively don't like. Yeah, that he seems to hate Riker. But or maybe it was explained. on purpose or something. Yeah, like, there's got there's like tons of spy deflect shit going attention on. away yeah. from Riker. Yeah. Um, I trust Rich though. Yes. I, I will say that a hundred percent. I trust that Rich is going to make me love this. Yes. So I'm going to pitch it because I love a lot of this. Yeah, no, I I'm don't, pitching I could it. not see him making this, the mistake of, like, Starfleet is evil now and only a few people are going to be against it. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I trust I trust Rich, so I'm, I'm in. I'd follow that man into space hack. <laughs> um, Double space hack. Shit, I missed a line. What? What did you miss? Um, when when they beam the dog up, there's a line that says, Days later, Seven, Rafi, Number One, and Picard arrive at the Phillipstown settlement on Mars. Okay, yeah. Where Dodge is waiting at the bar. She embraces Picard, thanking him. Okay. So Dodge is with him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, that makes okay, that makes sense. Uh, quick note, Rich. Please make your text bigger. Please. Please. Like size, <laughs> like 76 for Jeff's like, old man eyes. Uh, like, you know how email normally has, like, probably, like, a 10 or 12 size 12, font? yeah, 14. Like, maybe. he's got, like, a 6 or oh, a 7. Oh, wow. 7? Like, 7 of 9? 
Yeah, he did it on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> and I get it. He does it so it doesn't. His email doesn't look a million miles long. Yeah. But it, it still does. I really fucking like. Honestly, I kind of love the grumpy old man Picard. I kind of love that. It works, right? Like it just it works. I really love the covert kind of like espionage feel that this has. Yeah. It's reminding me of like before Picard gets captured by the Cardassians, like the secret mission. Yeah, the he mission. Gets sent on. Yeah. It's reminding me of that, except hopefully it turns out better. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the covertness. Like, um, if there's a segment of Starfleet that's evil, I'm fine with that. I just don't want it all to be evil. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be all of it. I mean, I don't think there's so. gonna. It's going to be like now. It's going to be like a parallel to now, right? Like, there's those who are like willing to give up what Starfleet slash America means, and then there's those who oh, are yeah. like, oh, but no, man, like we're Starfleet slash America, like we can't do this shit. That's there was like something specifically that I really fucking loved. Well, I really loved like Chekhov's wine bottle. Yeah, check out the bottle. <laughs> super yeah, love that. That's great. Uh, I really like uh, Rafi. Yeah. Just uh, just making booze in the desert. Yeah, that's cool. Being a wild lady. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, I'm, I'm liking that you're bringing in some classic characters. Like, Beverly Crusher hasn't been announced that she's going to be on the show, but right. I like that she's there. Right. Ogawa coming back is really cool. Yeah. Like there's, and it's a plot line that hasn't been done before, which I extremely appreciate. Mm-hmm. You're putting these characters in a situation that they haven't done before that isn't insulting to the audience. Right. Right. I'm and I'm in all of it. I'm 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 just I want to see where it goes. Right. So I'm ready. I'm in. Let's do it. Pitch. I'll pitch it for sure because I I love so much of it and I trust Rich yeah. so I'm gonna pitch it hard. It's gonna be better than the show. I'm telling you right now. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that at I'm all. I'm telling you right now. It's gonna be better. And uh, he finishes his email out by saying, "Well, one down and nine to go. I guess. Yeah. I hope I won't lose steam." Sweet. Uh, wishing you both a great illness-free Christmas filled with jingle butts. Yeah. Toodle pip. Oh your old power. Please pray love. Toodle pip. Organizer of 10 forwards recital calendar. <laughs> no data. You can't take every slot. Go do some fucking work. <laughs> Toodle pip, Rich. Thank you so much for that Toodle email. Pip. That was great. And uh, we received one other very specific email this week. Okay. Uh, tpublic.com, uh, legal at tpublic.com. Uh huh. Sent us a nice email that says, Hi, M-Class Podcast. We're sorry to report, but your design was removed from the T-Public marketplace because it was not approved by CBS. Thanks, T-Public. You're horrible. So now the Go Climb a Rock shirt that CBS pretended like they were going right. to endorse, endorse yeah. they took, they removed, which I knew they were going to do, but it's still no less shit. Yeah, it's so if you go, if you go over to our T Public shop, you might notice there's no fucking shirts in it because they took them all down. <laughs> they took down the logo M Class Podcast shirt that is my logo. Yeah, that's it. Is it does have fonts in it that they own? So I'll give them that. They took down Go Climb a Rock that has nothing they own in. Yeah, it. maybe like legally they think they own it because it's in one of their movies, but I don't know if that's. I don't think. If anyone owns it, I think Yellowstone owns it. 
They took down the Shirt It shirt. Yeah. Which doesn't have anything they own on it. And they took down the M with the little, like, shadow of a ship next to it shirt. Yeah. You can't own the letter M. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't... Oh, well. But, I don't know. Uh, I hate... Many thanks, Public legal team. I will never upload a shirt to you again. Yeah, nobody buy anything from Public ever again. It's dumb. Yeah, T Public also, um, just from like an artist side, like you get paid two dollars a shirt. Yeah, it's it's a ripoff, dude. Like T Public shirts are eighteen dollars and I saw two dollars of it. Yeah. Here's here's an example. And I'll be like completely open and honest with you here. In a year's time on T Public, I made sixty two dollars. What? Let's go to let's gamble. Let's go. I made $62 in one year's time, like my best year. That's the most I've ever made yeah. from Public. I usually make about 25 Right. Or I did when I sold shirts there. Um, I have made on um, Teespring, which is the site my art is at now. If you uh, go to my Twitter, you can find the, sh- the link to Teespring to see all my cool shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have made almost $200. That's amazing. In a month and a half. That's awesome. And uh, a hundred and... It's, it's not a, almost $200. It's like 115 120 Yeah. But that's in a, like a month and a half. Right. Compared to the $60 I made in a year, my best year at Public. Yeah. And the shirts only cost a few dollars more. Yeah, Public, man... Also, T Public quality of their shirts is abysmal. That's why yeah, I stopped making yeah. shirts there. Because if you wash your shirt three times, the thing starts coming off. Yeah, it's awful. And they're like thin. But everybody who's got a shirt from Teespring so far has told me that they're like really comfy oh, the and soft. they're much higher quality. I like a softy, a softy shirt. Yeah. And you can get at Teespring since I'm shilling for them right now. Since I sell shirts there, you can get like. <laughs> Hoodies, zip front hoodies, like tank tops, like that frilly kind of girly tank top that they make. Okay. You can get that. Nice. You can get canvas prints of my art there. Posters, fucking mugs, cell phone cases. Yeah. You can get blankets. Oh, fuck. That rules. (laughs) Like my favorite one is I have an advertise, like a shirt that's an advertisement for the hotel from Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah. And you can get that on a blanket. That would be awesome. Like a hotel blanket. That would be awesome. <laughs> you can get it on a um, towel as well. So you can get a hotel towel from Luigi's Mansion 3. <laughs> it's Jeff's Cool T-Shirt Shop, spelled like S-H-O-P-P-E. Shoppa, old-timey. Old-timey shoppy. A shoppy. <laughs> so head over there. Um, that was our last email of the evening, everyone. <laughs> Thank you, T-Public. But also, thank you, everybody else, for real. <laughs> yeah, T-Public can suck my dick. Yeah. Um, Is there a dick-sucking uh, rag I can buy? <laughs> <laughs> rag? Yeah. For sucking? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta about? clean up that drool, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> On that note, I'm in the fucking show. Eat, pray, love. Thanks, <laughs> Eat, pray, love, everybody. See you next time. No, uh... Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for everyone who sent an email into us. It means a lot, especially mm-hmm. Mr. Rich Masters, who worked his ass off yeah. to make us this awesome new Picard season, which I'm just amped to hear more about. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. We're back. 
We're back, baby. I'm glad that We're I get to back, hear it. Baby. Yeah. Um if you would like to be a part of this program, you can send us literally anything you want. Questions, comments, like pitch your digits, games you'd like to play with us over email. If if you can come up with your own yeah. game, like the trivia game that Boston Sean did once or twice. Yeah, that was good. You can ask us what our favorite sandwich is. Yes, please. I want to think more about sandwiches. Oh, God, like, I'm hungry. Literally anything you can ask, we'll love to answer. Yes. And you can do that by sending it to mclassemail at gmail.com. Nice. Where can they follow us on Twitter, Josh? You can find us on Twitter at mclasspodcast on Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> That's where it is, Twitter. It's on the Twitter. Um <laughs> And uh, on that, you'll find any sort of info that's ever going to happen about M-Class, you're going to find out there. That's where I think we first announced that we got the wine thing. Yeah. I think that's like when we first announced we were going to do Jeff and Josh shoot the shit. Like, that's where everything is popping off about M-Class Podcast. Popping that's where you'll learn... Off! <laughs> that's where you'll learn that we now own mclasspodcast.com. Fuck yeah, we do. <laughs> when the website happens, that's where it's going to fucking be. Yeah. So, uh, if you don't have a Twitter, also, please get a Twitter just to follow us. Like, our Twitter following does not reflect our listenership, which is right. a, a tough sell when you're, like, talking to advertisers and shit. Yeah. And they're like, it says here you got 600 listeners. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we actually have, like, a little over 2,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Where the fuck are they? <laughs> well, they're not on the Twitter. So, yeah, join the Twitter. Also, it also helps us if you're on iTunes, if you rate us and write a review. Oh, yeah. I think you can rate on Spotify, too. Okay, that's cool. Do, th- do that, now. too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so rate us on all the things. Yeah. It helps. Um, it does. And really, if you'd, if you'd like to support us in a uh, monetary manner, yeah. if you'd like to keep our program on the air, because it does cost money to make, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. It costs money to host. Especially if we're going to have a website that's going to cost money. Yeah. Also, when we sell those jizz rags, we got to make them. It's going to cost money to make the jizz rags. We're, we're selling babylums. We got to make the babylums. We got to make them babylums. So we need your support. <laughs> Head over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, or you can Google mclasspodcast. one of the first results. And it's on our Twitter. And for as low as $1 a month, you can become a true Trek boy. Yes. And support what we do and get access to a ton of cool shit, including the M-Class Podcast Discord, which is now the number one fucking spot on the internet to get recipes, because there's now a food chat. Oh, they're hitting up the foods. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, uh, I think Rich Masters was the one who asked me for a food chat. Yeah. I added it, and everybody's just posting their cool recipes for food now. Yeah, that's awesome. I want I want some food. I'm, I yeah, want to eat some food. really hungry. Yeah, me so. too. <laughs> it's a good time to end the show. Um, eat, pray, love. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It really means a lot. Yes, like, thank you. This is... This has been, like, a crazy amount of support that we've gotten for this podcast yeah. that, like... For me, it's completely new. Like, Josh has had continue for a while. So yeah, he's... but it's not... I mean, I'm always amazed at all of the fans of the stuff that we do and that I do. Uh, and this this one is... This one's really special because you got Not that the other ones aren't, but, like... The other ones suck <laughs> But, like, you guys are great. And, like, I know all the fans of con- the continue and, and the stuff that I do are all great. And uh, you guys are all so great. So thank you. Now that that minefield has been walked through. <laughs> um. <laughs>
<laughs> I won't leave anybody out, you know? I don't want to make nice. anyone feel more important, even though, like, you guys are super important. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, like, there's something really special about M-Class Podcast, because everyone who's a fan of it is, like, we're in this because we all love the same yeah, thing so right. much. It's very specific, right? Yeah. Like, we all have this, like, deep love in our hearts for Star yeah. Trek, and we come together and share it, and that just is super fucking cool. We all eat, pray, love about Star Trek. That's all we I'm saying. We eat, pray, love to Nagila <laughs> that he will give unto us this Christmas Day a baby Babylum. A babylum. <laughs> they looked inside the manger, and lo, did they see the son of God, Nagila. <laughs> And he was named Booby. I got the files. I'm going to Photoshop this like as soon as we're done. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And we're done. So thank you, everybody. We'll be back in one week with more M-Class goodness. Remember to eat, pray, love. Bye. Eat, pray, love. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.